0: shots made yesterday podcast a podcast for tomorrow i'm justin and i'm here to talk about those memories for tomorrow well you guessed it the kids are helping me introduce our guest we're gonna head up to the northern part of kentucky and check out a local business there uh what was the name again gray arbor farm gray arbor farm so let's hop over to that interview I am joined today by Kelly Stanley with Gray Arbor Farm. Uh, They are in northern part of Kentucky in in Georgetown, Kentucky. The powers of social media and everything, we've been doing the social distancing, Mm -hmm. but it's almost brought us closer together with people that we probably otherwise would have never run into. So we went out to the Kentucky Castle in July to do their lavender pick there. We met Amanda, who is an event coordinator with the Kentucky Castle, she told me to go and visit and get in touch with Kelly with Gray Arbor <laughs> Farm. And so it's just kind of rolled from there, which is awesome. I just love it. I was like, yeah, that's oh, that's so cool. cool. <laughs> so we ended up taking a trip to visit Kelly and her husband on their flower farm. And it's really cool. I know I had posted about it before of like that you all would not understand probably the what we got out of that oh and 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 i did i mean i got a lot out of that and i guess it's just because sometimes i'll think well they've been doing it i mean you what you've been doing it for like 10 years now right
1: oh no (laughs) no If we were doing it for ten years, we would you would have come to a much more professional establishment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but but it was it's just how welcoming you were and then what all I can see that you have put in yourself. So you are self taught. Yes. yes. And there is yes. something <laughs> very, very special about that that it's not anything you. It, you know, you are doing it yourself. You are coming yeah. Out to that, and I and that's what was so rewarding for me is that thank you. I didn't go there and like, well, okay, so this is a, you know she's got a PhD and all these things and going to tell me how to do this and that. If you ever take a trip and visit their farm or talk with her, I'm sure at any place whenever they're doing the flowers, it's just so real. I mean, that's it, <laughs> it, it. It's just really welcoming. So I really. Oh, well, thank you. you not a problem. It's it's just an honor to be able to have you on. What I like to do is kind of get the backstory of how yeah. everything happens. So I know I have two questions. One is okay. going to be how you started, because I'm sure there's folks out there that probably don't know that. I didn't know mm-hmm. it. And the second question for sure is I've got to know where the name came from. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you can you can pick either one of those or do both of them, but I am all ears. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> well, um, I guess those two questions they do kind of tie together actually really perfectly. Um, so, we're, we're how we our start, uh, so Chris and I, we are uh, we were retail managers for a really long time, um, and, uh, and that's actually how we met and everything, um, but uh, retail management, you know, it's just something that you kind of end up falling into a little bit, um, and uh, you sort of get sucked in because you have this idea of you're just going to climb the ladder and just keep getting to the next level, to the next level. And I think we talked about this a little bit at the farm, like you're so busy trying to get to the next level that you, it sort of distracts you from the fact that you don't like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, so it, it, it took us having our daughter and then realizing that we were not spending any time with her. I mean, we were, we're spending more time trying to find babysitters to cover while we're not home Um spend a lot of time trying to make sure that, you know, if I'm closing one night that Chris would be opening or uh, just working off his schedule so that way somebody could be home with our daughter. Um, And even with that, you know, we're still having to juggle multiple babysitters and it was, it was just ridiculous. I mean, I think she was, um, it was around her first birthday when we almost could not even be off at the same time to celebrate her first birthday and we realized that in that entire first year of, of her being alive, that we had only spent time together as a family like maybe three times that entire year, and that's just crazy. And so that's when we sort of started realizing that we need to make a very serious change. And around all this time too, my uh, my husband's grandfather had passed away, and um, him and his family went up to clean out his house, and. Chris started remembering, you know, all the gardening that they used to do, and Chris's grandfather had this huge vegetable garden and really prolific flower garden, and they would do a lot of that together when Chris would stay up there to visit. And so that sort of got his wheels turning, like, okay, I love doing this, so how can I take a hobby and turn that into something that we can actually make a living off of? And so that's when we started, um, we started a vegetable garden in our yard. We started just growing all different kinds of flowers in our garden beds and we just tore up everything around our house and just sort of dove in there and then realized how much fun it was and then started diving in even deeper into it and realized that yes, like people, you can make money off of smaller scale farms and flower farming is on the cusp of a really big comeback mm-hmm. um, right now. Uh, it's really alarming when you think that, you know, anywhere from 89 to 93% of the flowers that you see at the grocery store or at your brick-and-mortar florist, they are being shipped in from uh, imported, and they're coming from South America, from Europe. Only a very small percentage are American-grown, and of that small percentage that actually are grown in the United States are coming from California, so they're not even, like locally grown flowers so that's so so there's obviously like there's it's a niche a niche market but there's a real need for i mean that's kind of a, a big deal. And also, when you are shipping flowers, that leaves a lot of flowers that are just simply unavailable because they don't travel well. Right. So, um, so that's sort of what our focus is. It's growing things that you don't normally see because they don't ship. So there's been a little bit of an uphill battle with that, just trying to... We're showing forest things that they have no, normally haven't worked with because they just can't get their hands on it. So, you know, showing them how to, how to uh, what we have... Showing that we can be a reliable source for flowers. Um, you know, when you go knocking on doors and, you know, hey, buy from me, I'm growing flowers, like people automatically think that you're just, it's just your garden that yes. you have. It's not like a real business. Right. And so it's trying to, you know, make sure that we're always, we're very honest with what we have, very open about, you know, this is our first year, it's our second year, and now, you know, it's our fourth year. We're still learning, but, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to do the best that I can for you. And, you know, answering the phone when they, when they call and making sure that they know that they can count on you. Like, that's a really big part of the business too. Um, just as much as, as growing and, and learning to be a better grower is. So, um, so that's where we got our start from. I mean, it really just came from a need to, live a better life. It's really what it came down to. Money is not everything. And, um, you know, it it's, it's actually a very small importance of, you know, of the grand scheme of things. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have it to put a roof over your head and put it on the table. But outside of that, I mean, it's everything else is just stuff, you know? Um, so being able to be together as a family was really what, what got us going with this. And then um, the name came from, actually, we were uh, sitting around our table trying to figure out what we were going to call the farm, and we're flipping through, you know, farm, not farm magazines, but just like the White Flower Farm catalog. I found this really beautiful picture of, of a gray arbor, with roses climbing up over it, Chris and I looked at him like, that's it, Grey Arbor Farm. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and affirmations are, are something that's I truly think really do work. If you put it out in the universe and you say that this is what you want and you put it in front of your face, you see it, you eventually, you, that you see what your, what your goal is, what you're trying to work for, then eventually you have it. So I cut that picture out and I taped it to our refrigerator. And, um, and I still have it taped up on a refrigerator now, actually, because that's, that's the, that's the goal of what we want the farm to be. So I don't have my great arbors just yet, but that's, <laughs> we're working towards being able to build those and getting them covered with beautiful vines and all that kind of stuff. But that's where the name came
0: from. Nice. My wife and I, we had been in retail as well. Yeah. And retail is just, there's nothing against retail. I mean, we no, have to have no. it. But man, oh man, when you can get out it's of it, it's, uh, it's a lot better on the outside sometimes. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, and I mean, upside. I think everybody should work a retail job once in their lives. You know, they said about serving too. Everybody should be a server. Everybody yep. should be a retailer. I mean, just you can you can see the other side of things. It's very hard work. I mean, now I have some amazing customers, and I still keep in touch with them to this day. I mean, like you meet some really amazing people, but the job is hard. It's very hard.
0: My wife got into she last year. She really wanted to do a lot of flowers, and we mm-hmm. would buy them from Kroger. You know, and have them in the yeah. house. And then this year with the quarantine, then it was just like, well, we're going to be home a whole lot more. So mm-hmm. we're going to do this and that. So she started getting the dahlias and, and has had yep. all these different things pop up. And and it's been wonderful. It has been so oh, rewarding. Yeah. I mean, she's been doing the work. I can't take credit for any of that. But being able to watch it happen, like you know, like that's yes. been rewarding for me. So then we got to go and visit you and you have given a a big push of okay well then this is what we want to try to do next year. It was yeah. just that uh like you were saying it's attainable. If you put it out there and yes. you kind of talk about it you can do it. The only Your thing return. Yeah, the only thing that ends up keeping you from doing it is yourself.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean yep. there might exactly. be some there might be some financial <laughs> <laughs> right. depending on depending on what it is we've been doing uh since we went out and visited you we've been walking around going okay if we're going to build or put a little a little flower bed or something where do we want to put it and then she's oh, been looking at different things of oh, well what do i want to put now i didn't uh, i hadn't thought about that flowers um were being imported it makes sense, yeah. but like I hadn't even thought about it. I think about oh, yeah. food being imported, you know, but flowers mm-hmm. have—I mean, they've got to be able to live. So I know you do a lot of dahlias. Is are dahlias one of the flowers that cannot be imported?
1: So they can be, but they um, dahlias already have a very short vase life. But they um, they can be imported because they can withstand being in a cooler. The problem is, is that by the time you get them, they've already been cut three or four days, and so you've like legitimately have a day or two to use them. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten Dahlia shipped in. Um, when we do a few weddings and stuff, and so if there's just certain color schemes that we have to meet for brides and things like that, I mean, we're not going to tell them, no, you can't have this flower because it doesn't grow on our farm. Like, I'll try to locally source it first, and then, um, if I can't do that, then I, I will get things shipped in. Um, but I've had them crash on me, and then I've had to use substitutions. So, I mean, and when I say crash, I mean, like, I get them, and then when I, the next day when I go to try to work with them, the pills are all falling off, and they're, and they're done. So, um, so that's one of the things you run the risk with. Whereas, you know, when I am fulfilling orders for Dahlias, um, I, I typically just cut them that morning. So you've got the full five to seven days to use them. And, um, and then sometimes, depending on if you, um, we don't have a cooler that we're working out of, but if you can have them in a cooler, they will last a little longer. But they're truly fresh. Whereas if, you know, you're getting them shipped in, if you get them they're they're pretty old already right so
0: that had never even crossed my mind you know i i know i say that a lot on this podcast there there's a need for everything in in different ways so there's a need right. for somebody to be growing these flowers locally mm-hmm. and there's just oh, yeah. just more personal there's nothing wrong with with corporations and whatnot but oh no oh. you. there's just more i mean Look at all the work that you have put into that. You have labored, and they've come up, and then you get to cut them, and you get to put them in these arrangements. I just right. think that would—it just has to be really rewarding to be able to, it, it is. to have that,
1: and it just makes it a lot. Well, for us especially, if somebody's ordering, you know, a special arrangement or something, and just knowing, you know, the the, the work that went into putting that together, and then see like i think it's beautiful but then of course there's always that little like oh my gosh are they gonna like it and then when they see it and they love it i'm like oh yes yes <laughs> it makes me so happy <laughs> but um but i think that um i think the freshness shows and i think that the uh, just the natural beauty of what it is comes through um versus when you're picking it up and it's been sitting in the cooler for a while you know i, I think that that makes a big a big difference and um I mean, even when we do get cooler, um, it's not something that we plan on having flowers sit in there for days and weeks on end. I mean, it's more of just an area for us to have it, for them to be held while um, in a temperature-controlled kind of environment. So I don't want people to think that our quality will go down that's absolutely not what we want at all. You know, we're we're growing and the farm is getting, a, getting bigger, and um, as we get better about growing more, we'll just need more space. And so right now everything is being, it was being stored in our laundry room where we had our air conditioner and then our air conditioner broke. And so we've had to keep them in the very far back end of our garage. <laughs> that That is like the most cool temperature controlled area that we have. Um, because we have a little white farmhouse. It's, it doesn't have central air. So, nice. you know, that's, that's where the cooler comes into play. Um, we absolutely won't have things sitting in there for, um, for very long at all because uh, we want to make sure that we maintain that freshness. That's super important
0: to us. We are recording this. Um, it's, the, it's September 21st, so it's the day before mm-hmm. fall. So we're getting this in on the last day of summer. It, <laughs> right. I know it's going to be coming out later, but anyway, we're going to keep the summer mood going. What do you start to do then? Before the before spring hits,
1: yeah. So actually, like right now is truly when we are the busiest through succession of planting. We have got flowers that are just now, like our summer annuals, are just now starting to come on. We have the same, you know, we plant zinnias, for instance, um, because that's an easy an easy one to go to. So we do a planting of zinnias in. May, early part of May, and then again in June, and then um, a, a late planting in uh, at the end of July going into August. And so they're just now starting to come on, and they're going to take us through until frost. So we have got a few more weeks to still cut on on those things. And um, so we do that succession type stuff with a lot of our summer annuals. So yeah, so we're still harvesting heavily um, and fulfilling orders. Um, this is, you know, fall is typically a time, especially in our area of Kentucky where fall weddings are very, very popular. So there's lots of wedding orders out there. Um, we have a few weddings ourselves that we're going to be working on the next couple of weeks. And then, um, we have got all of the seeds that we've started for, um, that are going to be our first spring flowers of, of 2021. Some of those started a couple of weeks ago. They're getting um, ready to go out into the field. So there's, uh, there's bed prep that has to happen. Um, And then, uh, and then those get planted. And then we'll have, you know, more and more keep coming out every week until frost. And, uh, then we just gotta get those covered and tucked in so that way they don't get, you know, eaten by the frost or anything. And then they'll just, uh, grow under the low tunnel. Um, not very fast. It pretty much the top parts, you know, what's above the ground stay stays dormant, um, but the root system will just go crazy under the ground. And then when spring comes of twenty twenty one, those will be the first things that, that pop up. So we're always trying to think, you know, six months in advance on what we need. Um because yes, lots of planting, lots of harvesting, lots of bouquet making, um, and then, of course, just getting a couple crafts and stuff like that together for holiday shopping, and that kind of thing, um, some farm crafts. But, yes, yeah, so this is actually a really busy time of year. Well,
0: <laughs> so how is it different starting the year? Because, I mean, you pretty much mm-hmm. started right when everything shut down. And yeah. then now there are – I mean, I am, I'm seeing more weddings starting to show up. They're smaller, but they're still happening, right. which is great. And Oh, yeah. So how has, how has that pivoting happened for you all?
1: Yeah, so um, so we actually uh, weddings are not something that we we don't take a lot of those on just because you know we're primarily growing, so it really didn't affect like the weddings themselves being canceled. That didn't actually affect us too terribly bad um, on our end. Now, what did affect us um, a little bit, and I say I say that lightly because our wholesale clients they were the ones that were hurt the hardest. Yeah. Um, So when their weddings get canceled, like you have to think, you know, if I've got, if I've got a client, a wholesale client that, you know, does $3,000 worth of flowers in a wedding, I'm just a very small portion of that. So if I don't get, you know, if she doesn't spend, she might spend a couple hundred dollars with me, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a $3,000 full budget. Right. I mean, I'm only a small drop in that bucket. So the effect that it has on me is minimal. I mean, it still hurts, but it's minimal, but the effect that it had on, the actual wedding designers and the brick and mortar florist was astronomical, not having those weddings and events and, um, just people buying everyday flowers. Uh, you know, when we talked a little about the, um, where, where most flowers are getting imported from, I mean, there's videos all over the internet of these big commercial flower farms just mowing down Mm. all of their flowers because there was nowhere for them to go. I mean, it's, it's hurt the floral industry, really really hard um now that's where we have a different story because we are local and much smaller right. um I, I and i cannot even get through a conversation about this without wanting to cheer up because the way that this community has come around and supported our farm has just been unbelievable um you know i think we can all remember how um back in March we had unseasonably warm weather and um, we normally don't have flowers available for Easter, it's just not, we don't start growing until um, probably the mid to end of April but this year because the way that the weather was we did have flowers and I was like, gosh, are we even going to be able to sell these? I mean, nobody's doing anything, nobody can work nobody has any money, like, (laughs) Nobody can buy flowers right now. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, okay, I guess I'm going to put a post up and just sort of advertise through social media that we are, we're going to be able to do Easter bouquets. Well, I didn't even have to get a post out. I mean, people were calling us asking if they could come pick up flowers from us. And I was sold out by the end of that week and never even had to advertise for it once. And that's how this year has gone for us. And it's been the people living in Georgetown and in Lexington calling and asking for a $20 bouquet or a special order arrangement um, that has made it to where we've sold pretty much everything. I mean, there's a little bit of, there's always a little bit of waste when, when you're, when you're growing a crop or something, but pretty much everything that has grown in our field, we've been able to sell and it's been because of that. Um, and then the wholesale clients that we have if for them, when they get these little events that come in, um, it would be easier for them if they just called their, um, their wholesale rep, you know, the, the big, the big commercial ones that get the flower shipped in, but instead they were calling us. Wow. And so that means the world, you know, like they're scrambling trying to keep their business afloat and yet they're still thinking of us. And so that,
0: yeah,
1: uh, words can't even describe how, how amazing that has been this year. So our COVID story has actually been one of a lot of positivity. And a lot of building up, because without this community and people supporting us, it would have been just a totally different year. We probably wouldn't even be able to go into next year, to be honest with you. So
0: it's um, yeah, it's been amazing. It has really, it's been eye-opening on a lot of things. But I have, yeah. I have seen a lot of community for people to go. We don't want to lose that, you know, and and come up behind you and and even your wholesale, you know, people they were coming. To, to support you because they need you i mean that's just exactly i sometimes i guess things events like this happen and we go oh my gosh we really need these people it's i mean you've always needed them you know but right, it right. becomes more it becomes more realistic i guess i don't uh it our eyes get opened a little more
1: yes and i just think that um you know i know that we've done it but i think that people have just sort of reevaluated what's what's truly important in in your life, you know? I mean, you don't need an excess of stuff. Like you just need the the things that make, make you happy and make your life, make your life full. And that's your family, that's your friends. And that's, that's the community that you live in. And so, um, so I think that that's, if anything good could have come out of COVID, I think it's just a reset, you know, just resetting that, resetting what your values are, I guess is probably the best way to put it. Um, But no, I mean, I, I hurt. I hurt so deeply for those who have had to close their doors because of COVID, or who are really struggling. And you know, I, I pray for all those people every day. But we're just super, super grateful that, um, and I'm so lucky that our story, our 2020 story, has just been a really positive one.
0: So. Uh, um, and I'm I'm great. thrilled because I'm glad that I'm glad everything turned out the way it did. Otherwise, we wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have found out about you all we wouldn't have yeah. taken a trip up there so I mean it's Exactly. The other thing that's so good is that you are giving back too. I don't think that you n- realize what you're giving back because it's hard to put a price on that but you know to your community. So you have given you've provided the flowers that bring joy and the Thank people you. are able to take that and and they either take it home or they're taking it to a loved one that is uh, can't get out. You know, there's right. all of that. And then we, like I said, my wife went up there, and it was it was just inspiring to go like, oh, my oh. gosh, anybody can do this. I mean, even if you have, if you live in an apartment and you have mm-hmm. a little space that you can put some dirt in the window, you can grow exactly. some flowers. So, and yes. I highly, I highly recommend doing it. It will bring, oh, yeah. it will bring you joy. It just really so much. <laughs> I mean, it, it so really much joy. And I it do really have does. to I have to touch on Kelly uh, and her husband they have bees in the back so they get to have some honey <laughs> and I I bought two jars while I was up there and Aww. I wish I had bought probably 25 jars while oh. I was up there because I have been uh, I've been having a spoonful every day because you know oh, I, awesome. I always hear about you know the local honey you always have that so that you don't get sick so that's what i've been doing right and it is incredible thank you i know you had mentioned that you all you don't heat the honey when it's being filtered it's naturally Filtered, right?
1: Yes. So uh so the honey production and it's something that we would not be able to do without our partnership with uh, Ray Cook. He owns Bee Happy Honey, that's his company. And so he is he just has beehives and he has several hives um sort of all over the greater Lexington area. Um and Chris and him met through through work actually. Um but he has these hives on our farm, and he is the one that manages them and takes care of the bees and knows everything there is to know about bees, more than I could ever, <laughs> ever hope to know. But we've learned so much through him, and the bees are just amazing out here. Most of the time you buy from the thrift store, it has to be pasteurized, which when you pasteurize it, um, you're basically killing all of the wonderful things that make honey Honey, right. and so and honey is is naturally antibacterial um, anyways, so it, bacteria just doesn't grow in honey, so there's really no need to pasteurize it. But uh, but yeah, so when you get it from the it's pasteurized, but you can still call honey raw, but heat it up enough to where you can filter it faster, bottle it faster. But in my mind, you're you're still heating it, you're still losing what makes it special, and um, and altering the, the flavor on you know which. If you're if you're doing honey for health benefits, that's that's the least important thing, but mm-hmm. you know, also it you know, it is a pretty important thing to me to make sure that the flavor is what it should be. So so yeah, so it's not heated or treated, it is just basically on out of the comb, run through a strainer. The process is slower because it is not heated and then bottled. And so, if you were to stick your finger in the hive and stick your finger in one of the jars of honey, it will be the same thing. Um, there's no alteration in the flavor. So that's that. really nice.
0: Yeah, I I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, store bought honey, it doesn't taste anything like this. This is this no. is just. A- it's it, really, it's
1: just not. It is incredible. Local honey is just like syrup. It's not really anything. I mean, that little honey bear honey is not yeah. anything. But yeah. <laughs> um, And local honey is just the way to go in general. I mean, especially if you're doing it for allergy purposes. Yeah. But no, and I think the other added bonus is that, you know, the flowers that we have, I mean, they change so dramatically season to season. And so, and you get that reflected back in the taste of the honey. So it, it's just really cool how you know, it all works
0: together. And that and that's fascinating too, because it's mm-hmm. yeah. As your farm starts to grow and get bigger, and the different types of flowers you have, it's going to yep. yeah, it's going to reflect in the honey. So it's it does, Yeah, it's double rewarding at least. Oh you yeah. get, you're getting oh, yeah. the the nice flowers and you're getting some unique honey. I it's it's oh, yeah. just it's so cool. Did you do like a like a class or something there at the farm in the spring? Was there something? Like a planting class?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, this past spring, Chris and I hosted a workshop, seed starting. So anybody that wants to start their own seeds and um, and then put their, you know, to be able to plant them out in their own garden, and we kind of we kind of put a pollinator spin on it. So we picked flowers that we would be starting that um, that we know that bees and butterflies and hummingbirds are really attracted to. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, and of course, that class happened. In COVID, so and in the very beginning of, of the COVID, so we had to completely change that around and just do it one on one with people. But um, but no, it was so much fun, and um, we're definitely looking forward to having more of those types of workshops. Um, because I think that, as the need and the want rather i guess I should say want the want for uh for locally grown flowers grows. the the want for starting your own seeds mm-hmm. and if you're if you're a gardener being able to say that i I grew that from a seed and look at it now I mean that is very rewarding in and of itself and um We've just learned a lot uh, doing our own seed starting for the farm that we'd love to be able to give that back to people too, so they can because it's it is it's just once you once you learn it you have that knowledge and you can do it on your own from then on out.
0: There's just something about it being local. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not somebody you know. You're not someone who's coming from Florida saying, "Hey, I've got this business out in Florida, and I'm going to come here and right. teach you how to do it." Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it is local. But I just ask Mm -hmm. people to rally around those. If you know people like Kelly, go and support them because it is very rewarding. Now, since you're going to be having some of those classes probably come up in the Mm -hmm. spring – how can people find you?
1: Yeah. So uh, we do a lot with social media. Social media, so Facebook and Instagram, That those are our two main outlets. And um, so whenever I have new information or anything going on in the farm, that's where it goes. Um, and then I try to put the links on those pages for um, any ticket sales, you know, when we do tickets for the, the seed starting workshop or any other workshop that we might be doing, um, I, I will always put the link on those pages so it's easy to find. And then if I think about it, I try to put it up on the website, but that is always an afterthought, unfortunately. Um, there's also, I mean, you can call us, email us, send us a text message. Um, I respond to all forms of communication and I try to do so in a timely manner. <laughs> so <laughs> I... Uh, I- Definitely, anybody that wants to call and ask questions or get any of our products, I mean, I'm more than happy to to help out however I can with that.
0: And your Instagram and Facebook is Gray Arbor Farm, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Gray Arbor Farm. So find them on Instagram and Facebook, Gray Arbor Farm. Maybe it's a male thing. I I don't (laughs) know the names of of all these, you know, the flowers and everything. So my wife has been teaching me a whole lot. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're going, what is a dahlia? Because I know I talked a lot about those. Look it up, mm-hmm. and they are a beautiful flower. Uh, oh yeah,
1: there's so many,
0: and it's just yeah, it's it's fascinating. I I learned a whole lot from from the little visit up there. I, it was, just, <laughs> oh, I was I was just it. like, this is this is crazy. It's just so neat, and uh, again, I really appreciate. You welcoming us up there, and I know you do that for everybody else any i oh. I've never been to the to the farmers' market where you take the flowers but Right, man. I know it would be a great time because just having met you the the one time in person was just you're you're very welcoming, and it's and that's well, awesome. Thank you. That's just awesome. <laughs> thank
1: so, you. So, well, we loved having you out there. I mean, anytime we get to ch- chat about flowers is always a good day. So <laughs> we just we loved having you come out there to the farm, and it was so wonderful to meet you and your wife. Um, and we just
0: appreciate you taking the drive out to see us. That was awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, that was it was our absolute pleasure. That's for sure. And everybody has something that they nerd out about, right? I mean, that's just right. that's that's just nature. You should always give somebody the time to be able to nerd out. I do it, and my right. wife does it, and I get so because you never know what you're going to learn. I mean you just don't oh, exactly. so, you know. I was like I went up there cuz my wife wanted to go. It's not that I didn't want to go. I thought it would be nice no, right. and it was something she was interested in. So I'm walking around the farm and Kelly's telling all this stuff. I know this is like a college course or something. I should be taking notes cuz it was just it was amazing. <laughs> I, how does how does somebody know all of this? But You and your husband have just done that. I guess that's what I find so cool is that you've done it yourself. You chose to do that. You didn't go, and somebody didn't tell you, and you didn't go to a class, and you didn't – I mean, you've done all that work yourself. That's all. It's just more fun when you do it yourself.
1: It is a lot of fun. I mean, there's, you're going to hit road bumps and there's lots of failures, but that's, you honestly learn the best when you mess things up too. So, yep. I mean, every year we have major catastrophes. and like, oh, we should have known better. But honestly, I mean, that's, until you do it and mess it up, you don't, you don't really know not to do it that way. So, <laughs> so that's just how you have to learn. And I know that me and Chris, we're just both headed when it comes to stuff like that. So unless we, Do it, mess it up. We're we're not going to learn a lesson. I mean that's just how it works. So we have to just throw ourselves into things.
0: So yep, and and at least they grow back. I mean unless you do something totally bad to it. So well, Kelly, I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on today, and thank you for what you do for your community and thank you all of Kentucky because that's I mean that's all. Well, I mean. I got something out of it. I really enjoyed it and I hope other people do. So go and rally around your your local business. That's they need the help and mm-hmm. they'll appreciate it. And then uh then you can let us know about it. And go look up dahlias cuz they're beautiful.
1: Yes, that's a that's a great fire. But We I, I definitely want to just get out there too. That we just appreciate what this community has done for us this year because it would have been a completely different story if not for everybody reaching out to us. So, um... So yeah, we're just eternally grateful. And I wish I had a broader vocabulary to get that out there in a more eloquent way. <laughs> because like, thank you. Just saying thank you is not nearly enough. I mean, it just doesn't even get close to to what um, to what we feel. And you know, our hearts are just so full after this season. So the community has just supported us beyond what we ever even expected. So it's been amazing. It and, really has been.
0: And just wait till next year when everything starts to bloom again. Because then it's <laughs> right, right. Then it's on. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Oh. oh, I
1: love
0: it. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm a honeybee. <laughs> yes, the sound of honeybees. I know they're getting ready to hibernate, of course, since it's almost winter time. but I can't wait to get some more of that honey. It's just honey is so good. If you would like to be on the podcast or someone you know should come on the podcast, get in touch with me. Send an email to SnapshotsMadeYesterday at gmail.com. Until next time, tell me what your favorite flower is. Be sure to connect with me on Twitter at SnapshotsMade, on Instagram and Facebook at SnapshotsMadeYesterday. And remember, those snapshots made yesterday are the memories for tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I said, honey, me